Welcome to Accounting Insider. I'm Andrew Montessi with Kim Nitschke. And Kim, in my notes here, accounting for the death. It's very important. Yes, we need to talk about it. Uh, Is it something that um, you think people take enough notice of? They care enough about? I mean, you would see in your experience in accounting. Every day. To get someone who has got all the stuff that we're talking about up to date Mm. is very rare. Mm. And it shouldn't be like that because people work so hard all their life only to have it not completely mapped out as to where it's all going to go should the worst happen. So you're talking about people who have assets, investments, property, stuff, Mm -hmm. um, but their estates aren't lined up properly. Exactly. There's so much to it. Like, as, as you get more... I mean, even just starting out as an individual, you're building up wealth over a period of time. Um, if you don't have a will, you've got no say in where that goes. The government effectively decides. Now, and I'm telling you this through the eyes of an accountant. I'm not a lawyer, so this isn't legal advice, but what it is disclaimer. is... That, that's the disclaimer. However, um, I think that because I see it so much, I've got a useful insight into my suggestions and tips and tricks on each of these. We, you know, today we're going to talk about the four documents which are must-haves yep, so for what any are person. They, the fundamentals? So the first one is an enduring power of attorney. Mm-hmm. Second one is a will. Mm-hmm. Third one is a binding death nomination. And the fourth one is an advanced care directive. Okay. Let's start at the top, which was... What was it again? <laughs> the power of attorney. That's probably the most the important. Enduring, enduring yeah, power of attorney. Yeah, okay. So this document is... Basically, for someone who, like you and me, who has a stroke out of the blue and um, financial decisions need to be made, and unless there's a document in place, mm-hmm. uh, the public trustee makes those docu- uh, those decisions yep. for you. So this is uh, a really easy document to generate, mm-hmm. and it's a case of selecting someone that you trust who can make financial decisions on your behalf. Yeah. So that's so. What type of person are we talking? So like, th- this, this is this be... is you know got to get this straight. Like so, um, this is what you use while you're alive. Yep. Um, so you're alive, but you don't have the capacity to make big decisions. That's right. Yep. That's right. You're so alive. You someone. It could be your partner. It could be your accountant. Accountant is a good one, and I, and I know I'm blowing my own trumpet here, but <laughs> we we. We deal with it so often, we become good at it, and we, we know the questions to ask, the decisions to make. Too many people choose their daughter or the person who lives across the road. Now, these people don't have the financial acumen, EQ, whatever it is, to be able to um, bring value to the table and act with it act on that money really diligently as if it was their own money you know often they'll make silly decisions they won't ask the right questions they might get taken for a ride mm-hmm. you know if, if um, there's property involved you know that's usually the big ticket item mm-hmm. do they have the experience to make the right decisions with selling it renting it out refinancing it all that stuff that needs to you know decisions need to be made mm-hmm. the the, the, the um, Life doesn't stop when people have strokes and um, have heart attacks or whatever. When you know, it, 
does happen. I've got a situation where um, this happened recently to a client who was in a second marriage and his wife had a stroke out of the blue and she didn't have an enduring power of attorney. So in that situation, it was extremely awkward because her family automatically stepped in, but they weren't the people that she lived with every night. Mm. Um, they needed to buy a new car to get her around. They needed to buy wheelchairs, all of that. All those decisions and all of those checks needed to be signed off by the Public Trustees Board, mm. and that takes so much time. And you've got to put your case forward. You've got to book a meeting. Um, it's just totally inoperable. In, 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 in a f it, what actually happened down the track was that the public trustee said this is crazy there's a, you know there's obviously forms you can sign but they actually appointed their own power of attorney mm. down the track to, to make decisions on their behalf but it took about a year and a half and and to set up this document the power of attorney it's not hard it's what an hour's work and yeah. a few hundred bucks with a lawyer absolutely and <laughs> there's a couple of little things which are quite interesting about the document that, I can make one today and you have to get it signed in front of a JP or a commissioner for taking affidavits. But you don't actually have to get the person that you're giving the attorney to to sign it at that point. They can mm. sign it a year later or two years later, which is weird. But they don't even have to know about it, that's what I'm saying. So mm. you can actually, I think out of courtesy, let them know. But if they're um, not going to be bumping into you before you jump on a plane and go to Europe or whatever, you can still make the document um, and, and it still has effect. Yeah. And, and, the, and the other thing to note about this as well is as soon as you sign that document, it's effective. It's straight away. It doesn't have to have a, it doesn't have a use-by date and it doesn't have a kick-in date. It's as, as soon as it's activated. Next document, the one that most people would have at least heard of or should know some about, the will. Yeah. Well, this is, this is the big one. This is really important. Um, so you've got to have a will, period. Now, there's a lot of DIYs out there. That's Shocking. That's better than nothing. You know, you can, get one, you can get one from the post office. I don't care. Just get one. But I think that as you get... Now, I know lawyers that would be pulling their hair out hearing you talk about I, DIYs. I know, but it's better than not having one at all. Right. I mean, I'm not advocating that at all. I'm just saying that that's your starting point. Mm -hmm. That's the cheapest. You can get them online. Um, but if you've got anything worth you know a few bob it's worth sitting down with a lawyer and getting it all mapped out completely and these guys are experts at it and it's not complicated but you need to document exactly what you want to go where technically almost anything can be a will i know of cases of um notes written on um mm. post-it notes um, there was one written, some, apparently something scribbled on the back of a couch. This is a lawyer telling me. Um, uh, there's uh, like a, a note, like a audio recording on a DVD, um, mm. all being like granted probate, but there's an enormous process with the um, DIY or handwritten, handmade oh, wheels. Yes. I remember catching up with a lawyer for lunch and he said that uh, he drafted a a document for a lawyer, a, a, a will for a client who ran a brothel. They got killed. <laughs> it was unsigned, but it went to court. And because he could prove from his file notes of the meetings and conversations that he had, the unsigned will stood up. Yeah. So 
And the, the wheels are like this legislation that's been documented years and years, hundreds of years ago, which we're still using today. So um, it's evolved over time. It's common law. Um, it, you know, it, it can be, like you're saying, it can be a letter. It's bizarre what comes up, you know. Um, these codicils, they're bizarre things. Like, um, people don't want to spend the money to go and get their will updated, so they just write a little note, staple it to the back of their will, and the court actually upholds those documents mm. and says, yeah, um, that is actually what that person wanted as their last wishes, so mm. we're going to honour that. So, you know... I think that there's a couple of things that I've learned in dealing with wheels. One is, if you've got kids, make it even, make it fair, right? It, it's going to create a lot of heartache where you make things uneven. And this is what I see too many times. Parents try to even up the playing field by making unequal, unequal distributions as part of the will. It's a nightmare. It creates so much heartache. Don't do it. The flip side to that is if you really, really, really want to do it, you have to write the story, explain exactly why you are doing it so that there's no cause for, con for confusion. There's no opportunity for someone to challenge it mm. down the track because your intentions are documented and crystal clear. It's uh, Estate disputes are a massive growth area mm. uh, for, for law firms for exactly that reason. But... Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting, particularly because there's also blended families. Yeah, is a massive challenge when you've got kids. And step it's more kids. often, isn't it, than not? And I remember hearing someone say that, like, even if there might be like an estranged family member, to even just give them something, mm. even if it's small, just to kind of prevent the threat of a dispute. Because even though you won't be around to know about it, it's an absolute um, financial psychological stressful disaster to go through uh, for a family to go through a dispute mm. I, 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 the crazy thing about wills and not a lot of not a lot of people know this is that uh, for someone to challenge the will the money to fight that comes out of the proceeds of the estate mm. so it's like if you're disgruntled in any way at all lodge a complaint you know, there's nothing to stop you. There's, you've obviously got to have grounds for it, but you don't have to pay for it. Mm. The person who was accumulating the assets pays for it by default, which is crazy. So mm. I think that you want to try to avoid that as, as best you can. So I think the golden rule is to try to be as even as you can and be upfront and let people know what distributions you're making so that it's not a big surprise when you go. I know it's uncomfortable to do that, but it just creates, you know, let's let's have the discussion now. Let's, I think everyone would prefer that rather than being kept in the dark, having this big surprise at the end. You know, if it's even, yeah. well, there's probably not any reason to do that, but if, if there's some contentious issue in there, get the family together and have a meeting. Mm. All those concerned, have a roundtable conversation. It can just create... Um, a real opportunity for everyone to put forward their comments and thoughts and to have a really good conversation. This is why it's key to get advice because a good lawyer who's experienced with wills and estates is going to give you advice, hey, you should do this and you shouldn't do that um, mm. to prevent a dispute. Um, the problem with the DIY stuff is while it's better than nothing, you're not going to be acting on advice about these areas that are open for dispute 
the so, so can I just while, while we say that and yeah what are you looking up you know Robert Kim's Holmes just flicking through his, his mobile which means he's got something for me <laughs> yes um, Robert Holmes a court died at 53 worth 2 billion mm -hmm. did not have a will Prince didn't have a will do you know that no didn't have a will so you know the person who benefits from that is the legal profession mm. all the beneficiaries lose because no one understands what's supposed to happen and once that person's gone mm -hmm. it's very easy to put together intentions and retell conversations that you have with that person mm. but it just muddies the water and makes it even more confusing but you know while we're on that i think it's important to talk about the executor and the role of the executor and i think again it's a really good idea to get an accountant as an executor because again you're dealing with money you're dividing assets up between family members now let's so bear it's in also mind a neutral person impartial independent yeah. um you know i've seen the bad side of this i've been to the supreme court with these sorts of um wills that are in dispute and you know I, I couldn't believe that it goes to the highest court you know why would it go to the supreme court it's only a will the judge actually said to me kim there's so much emotion and there's such difficult decisions for family members to come and 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 deal with that we as a legal profession feel that this court is the only one worthy of dealing with the complexities of wills and estates mm. so you know when, when you understand it from that point of view yeah it is this mm. is tremendously difficult it is extremely hard trying to understand the, the wishes of the person who's died so that's why it does go to the supreme court mm. it's super expensive mm. get it all down make it as clear as you can so there aren't problems down the track the other thing i want to mention too is if you've got companies super funds Start thinking about appointing people as directors before you die because it's a lot harder to do that after you've passed away. Um, when the opportunity arises, bring them in as directors. All the shares can transfer after a person has died and they can be dealt with in the will. That's much easier. But I have had situations where people have died as the director and it's been difficult, well, the courts have challenged new directors coming in after that person's died because it wasn't well enough documented and it's difficult to document the appointment of directors in wills so i think that that's a tip to avoid that sort of issue down the track personally have um have you dealt with these issues among family yes yes unfortunately yeah i have and that was um with the will um you know i think there's this school of thought that the person who's dying if they're well off they've got all their affairs mm. totally stitched up but i i take the different approach now because i've seen it in my own situation someone died and we all thought that they had it all together with wills and the will was not all together there were so many ways that i could have brought value to the table by introducing testamentary trusts mm. asking for clearer directions on and pieces that were distributed and why they were distributed in that manner and you know in that situation we ended up going to the supreme court and that was awful it was just an experience no one wants to go through but i've learned so much from it and there was so much involved in that um 
you know, insofar as there was also forensic accounting that we were doing for that, which brought out a tremendous amount of information. So, yeah, um, try to avoid the courts, mm. try to be even, try to be clear. What's the, uh, the next important document? Um, done power of attorney, done will. Advanced care directive. Advanced care directive. Yeah, now this is really a medical document, but all these four documents we have on our checklist when, when we onboard someone into our firm. We make sure that they're all up to date. A lot of people don't, but it's very, very important that you do. The Advanced Care Directive is a direction to people who are in the medical profession about what your intentions are in terms of mainly resuscitation if you get injured. Um, if you want them to keep your life on life support, you tick a box. If you don't, then you advise why you don't, what, that you don't and why you don't want to. Now, hospitals are reluctant to make a decision until they've got that document in front of them. And so this is, you know, classic cases. We're driving home from work, we have an awful car accident, you're on life support do we turn the machine off or not? Now, if we've got this advanced care directive and there's other stuff in there as well, but that's probably most fundamental. Um, Important medical decision-making. Yeah. Um, that's going to give a tremendous insight into the minds of the doctors and those people looking after you as to what you want to exactly happen to you when you're in that situation. Because obviously you're not in the position to make the decision and it makes it easier for those around you if you've specified it. Now, it's really good. This sort of document is available online. There's DIY kits. Um, the government's encouraging people to do it because making it easy for those in the medical profession to provide high-level care exactly in line with what you would want to happen to you. Next, binding death nomination. Yeah. Now, this is a tremendous tool, and this is overlooked as well, but this is a direction that you're giving to the trustees of your superannuation fund on how you want payments to be made to dependents. Now, this is like to a spouse or kids. Um, this is a tremendous document, again, because it's it's got tax planning opportunities in it. Now, <clears throat> for me, if I pass away, I can make a lump sum distribution to my wife. Now, if she can prove that she's dependent on me, she receives that tax-free. This, in a lot of these situations we're administering, when we are administering estates, as soon as someone passes away, all their money gets locked up. The banks, as soon as they get a uh, an email or a, um, any information that suggests that someone's passed away, all the bank accounts go into lockdown mode. So that makes it really awkward for like a spouse to be able to pay bills, number one, funeral expenses, just to be able to keep food on the table, keep paying the bills. These documents can be basically cashed in to the super fund almost immediately. Mm. You give the document to the operator of the super fund, they turn around and give you the money pretty well straight away. There's, they're beautiful in that they're, they make it very clear to make your instructions clear like if i want um hundred thousand dollars to go to my wife as soon as i die the, the the guy running the super fund knows very clearly what my intentions are but it frees up the cash it's just really easy to use it happens really quickly and they're not going to pay tax on that money
right? Um, the trick with these is they only last for three years, so they've got to be constantly updated. Mm. But it's a really, really good document to have on file, and your account should have all of these documents on file and originals in their possession, and everyone in your family should know that your accountant has got these documents because, you know, it's no good if they're in a filing cabinet or mm. they might as well not even be prepared or with, if they're with a lawyer or whoever. I mean, that is important, but um, it's also important that your accountant and, and has got them so that you've got one person that the whole family knows to call. You know, I've got phone calls at like 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning when people have passed away, but they know I've got all the documents and it's been tremendous advantage for them mm. when that person's passed away that they know that they can go and get that information from me mm-hmm. so for someone who's listening to this saying geez i haven't organized any of this where do they start well i think you start by speaking to your accountant um making an appointment with a lawyer uh, but, but even before you do that i would just google them all and just get yourself up to speed with the basic knowledge so that, so that you know the right questions to ask. And then I'd go and see um, an expert and book in to get these documents generated. No question. And obviously get advice specific to your own situation because I would imagine that um, for someone who has minimal assets compared to someone that has multiple businesses, properties, whatever, Absolutely. the circumstances are going to be completely different. Exactly. Yeah. And you scale it. Mm. So it, the costs aren't that expensive, are they? Really? To get it all done. They're not really. And, you know, if you've built a relationship with a lawyer, for example, um, you, it's a really good idea to go in and update your wills on a regular basis. You know, so they can just pull, pull the old document off the system. It's not like the legislation's constantly changing. Mm. Um, they can update it and it's usually for changes in your family circumstance like your kids are getting older or you don't want to use that executor anymore or this person's moved into your life so I want to make allowances for that it's all of those sorts of things that happen so um, yeah you've got a mark in your diary that's the way to do it you know every January of every second or third year update the wills update all these documents make sure your power of attorneys got the person in there that, that you want your advanced care directives up to date Download the updated version off the net mm. for the documents that you can. You know, with the binding death nomination for the super fund, usually if you've got your own self-managed super fund, um, speak to your lawyer about drafting a new document for that fund. But if you're with a industry fund or whatever, they'll have that document. And you can just ring up and ask for it and then make a note in your diary that don't let it go over three years. Mm. Well, Kim, to be honest, I'm feeling a little bit flat, all this talk <laughs> about death. I, I need some type of weird... Kim's story to, to come out just to finish us off on a high. Have you got anything for us? Oh, unfortunately, all the ones <laughs> in death are bad. <laughs> but ultimately, uh, very important lessons. But, you, you know, I'm, I'm extremely disorganised in this space, and even I have a will and mm. and um, all the required documents. So if I have it, then listeners out there should as well. Yeah, and I think you know I, I am saying it's bad, but you can make it good. Mm. You know, if if I had my way with all the people that I work with they're all up to date and this mm. won't be a problem it'll be a pleasurable experience for those left mm. you know, so yeah it, let's turn something bad into something good good note to finish on thanks for listening to accounting insider visit accountinginsider.net and for advice in this space of course contact kimbo nitschke nancaro.com.au